Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 31 of Impact Boom. My name is Rachel Stevens, and I'm a contributing editor at Impact Boom. I'm passionate about meeting and working with others who also share a mutual drive for creating positive social impact. Today we're speaking with Dr. Rafael Gomez, an incredibly passionate designer, traveler, academic, and educator, currently lecturing at the Queensland University of Technology. With over 15 years of design experience and a PhD with an expertise and emotional experience, Rafael is also the founder of Propaganda Mill, a multidisciplinary design company working across product design, branding, graphics, high-end visualization, and projection graphics. His wide range of skills and experiences have helped shape his strong determination to create a positive impact for future generations of designers. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing how Raphael sees design education being used to inspire and create positive social and environmental impact. We'll talk about how design and systems thinking can be used to tackle complex problems. And along the way, we'll undoubtedly get some valuable insights, tips and inspiration from Raphael's personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Uh, Raf, could you please share a bit about your background in design and academia? Sure. I've been very conscious about building my career, balancing both industry experience as well as my academic experience and, and development and growth in that area. For me, I've been involved in within industry from in-house design consulting through to design, just traditional design consulting right through to running my own business now. Mm-hmm. And within academia, I've progressed from my undergraduate um, at the same time as, as doing design industry, from my undergraduate through to master's and uh, PhD, and now teach at QUT. And for me, that's a really important thing f- from a personal perspective because it keeps me energised for both of the things that I do in my career, both my industry as well as my academic side, and I feel like they both inspire and give to each other, so to speak. Yeah. So my industry allows me to then relate to what I do in my teaching mm-hmm. and to talk to students about that. And my academic side of things also impacts the way that I go about doing what I do in industry. Mm-hmm. And I think for me that's a really powerful and, and important thing. Mm-hmm. Great. So as the coordinator of the second year industrial design cohort at QT, what type of projects are your students engaging in that are helping to tackle, I guess, complex issues? I give my students two projects across the, the two semesters. The first semester really is about establishing a new way of applying the skills that they learn in first year because they're just coming in from that first year of mm-hmm. skills development and skills, um, you know, establishing those initial basic skills. And so the first project really gets them thinking a little bit more broadly about the way that design can impact the world. Mm. It's not just about products and not just about designing products. Yes, it involves that, but 
It's about why are we designing products? Why do we do the things we do in this world? That's a more important question, and that's the thing, the project that we kind of work with in the first semester. The topic at the moment is around homelessness, but we've had different topics before around emergency shelter, around response to uh, floods that we have had here in Brisbane, so they have that first-hand experience. But, so the topic is what sets the scene for them to think about, wow, yeah, design is not just about designing products. Yes, there's products within that, but it's not just about that, and that's not why. That's not the reason why we're doing this. It's about some sort of bigger problem or issue that exists in the world, mm. and so it starts, I think, reshaping their thinking around the the impact of design in the world in that way. Mm. So that's the first step in the second year, and then the second semester, we look at a little, a little bit more complex in terms of some of their problems. So it's around complex systems and application of design in a complex system. So at the moment, the, the project's around transportation, but that could just as easily be, you know, we could look at things like healthcare, food security, environmental sustainability issues. And all of that is around dealing with a large complex problem. And again, there's products within that, but how do we manage and deal with thinking like a designer around complex problems? Mm, fantastic to see. Uh, projects that are encouraging, you know, that systems design, systems thinking, rather than just that traditional aesthetic design that sometimes gets associated with industrial design. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I guess in recent years, we've seen an increase in awareness about social entrepreneurship and design as an effective tool to create change. What do you believe tertiary educators uh, can be doing in order to best prepare their students as change makers and social innovators? I think teaching students to design more stuff in and of itself won't solve that problem. Yes, designers and industrial designers specifically, we need to learn that skill set of designing objects and products, but we also need to think about how to teach them to design services and respond to systems better. Mm. That's for me is the key, which is a very challenging problem from an educational perspective because industry doesn't necessarily, has not necessarily shifted yet in that sense. And students are going into industry, they need work and they need to involve in the economy. But we also need to put those seeds of, of change in mm. students because it's going to happen and it's going to happen quickly. Yeah. And students need to have as much as we can the, the, the knowledge to, to respond to some of those needs, some of those things that are going to happen in the world, in the economy, in the discipline, right? through and the application at that at that large level. Mm. So um, a few of the things that, that we can prepare them for is help young designers want to be lifelong learners, so mm. never to stop learning because as educators we don't have the all the answers yet either because the problem isn't we're not <laughs> facing it directly yet. Yeah. So we don't have all the answers. So we need to teach students to be lifelong learners. Mm. So that when those things come along they need to want to learn and and, and develop themselves as they grow. The other thing is to talk to students about being inquisitive and to challenge the norms. Now, they need to learn the rules first to do that, but they need to then be able to push the boundaries of themselves as designers and also of their discipline and the industries that they're involved in. That's a difficult challenge. That's a difficult thing to do. Definitely. But um, but something that I think needs to needs to be part of what we do as educators is teach students to be 
I guess to encapsulate all that is to be design leaders mm. in the world. Yeah. Great. So I guess on top of that, what advice would you give to students from creative industries who are passionate about using their future career to create that positive social change to become those, those design leaders? I'll go over some of the, I think, the same points that I just did just to reiterate, but I'll expand on that a little bit. One is to never stop learning. So that lifelong learning to me is, is really key, especially in the, the world we're faced with at the moment with the significant challenge that we're faced with in the 21st century. You know, you never stop learning in your life. It really is a journey. Mm. And, and you keep going and you, you're always progressively learning and through that process you will, I think, become a better designer at any time of your life. Mm. The other thing, as I said, learn the rules, then learn how to break them. And and it's not just about breaking them for the sake of breaking them. It's learning how to break them because that's how you push discipline and field and the mm-hmm. field forward by pushing the, the, the envelope, pushing the boundaries of what design can do and its implication in the world. My third point, which I didn't mention before, is follow passion and, you know, find something that's passionate in design that you like as a, as a designer. With, without that, I think it's really hard to then have the drive and the energy to to do all the other things that I've just mentioned. Yeah. About, yeah. Um, you know, breaking the rules, learning the rules, and and um, around uh, you know to always want to learn because if you don't have that passion, then you know that energy mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah. So having passion for an area in design and what you you want to impact and how you want want to impact the world is really important as part of that. Mm-hmm. And I think um, just to maybe expand on that is I think industrial design needs to also evolve from a product-centric to a system-centric mm-hmm. kind of approach. And that involves us from an educational perspective to teach students that, that that is necessary in this current world, but also for the future challenges that we're faced with as part of that. You know, the, the significant challenges that we have in the world around poverty, around inequality, around sustainability, all of those things that we've just that I've just mentioned that are complex systems. I think there's uh, a lot of solutions that involve designing not just a new product, but other solutions that are smart, agile, effective, low resource intensive solutions that may not even require designing products at mm. all. They can just be interventions or reuse of existing resources mm-hmm. to 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 design that. But if all you're focusing as an industrial designer or a designer is on a product or the traditional way of looking at design, then that will be your solution yeah. is to design a product. And that's a really small local problem that you're responding to. If you understand a system, then you can respond much more broadly and you can you can then tackle these things about social innovation, uh, social inequality sustainability, all of those really big problems can then be tackled once you understand a system much more broadly. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the solution may involve a product, but it may not. And I think that's when we can have a much greater impact as, as designers. I think if we focus on just a product solution, then we will become irrelevant as a discipline, as a mm-hmm. field. And that's a really big worry. So I think to become relevant and to become impactful in the world, we need to start thinking about things from a systems level perspective. And that comes back down to what you're asking me is, you know, how does education impact that? Those things need to be kind of, I think, driven from the current designers and the generation that's going out into Mm -hmm. the world now. 
apparently really important tips for a lot of people trying to, I guess, transition out of that degree and, and into creating uh, positive social change. So are you involved in any research or industry projects which are applying design or systems thinking to positively benefit society? At the moment, yes. There's a few uh, that I'll discuss, but of course, I'd love to be involved in many, many more as, as my career goes on. But at the moment, um, obviously, on the one level, on the academic side of what I do, the way that I find that I give back in terms of, of positively impacting society and humanity is through my education. So the projects that we get students to do and getting them to, I think, remap the way that they think about design and the impact that they have in, on society uh, around homelessness, around emergency shelters and around complex system thinking, for me is, is, is the impact that I give back. That's how I, I can give back at a personal level in my life, but also obviously from in terms of impacting the future designers. Within my academic side of things, within my research side of things, there's a project I, I'm getting involved in a lot of projects around uh, health and well-being. So looking at my expertise of emotional experience and applying that to the design of uh, wearable products or systems that are within the health and well-being area. So well, one such research is uh, designed for uh, Parkinson's disease to improve the health and well-being of of patients mm. who uh, suffer from Parkinson's, as well as to be able to provide more important feedback to health professionals that then allows them to respond more positively to the problems and the issues that Parkinson's patients have in their life. Fantastic. I guess you kind of touched on it before, but uh, rather than creating objects and artifacts, how do you see design as a method and as a research approach uh, capable of tackling some of society's key issues? Yeah, I think it's just an extension of what I was talking about before. If if we don't somehow escape this idea that our role as an industrial designer is to just design products, then we risk becoming irrelevant, I think, and that's a significant issue mm. as a discipline. Design is an incredible, I think, weapon that can be wielded to solve all sorts of problems, mundane through to real significant problems. And so my role and the things that I try and inspire students to think about is that design is a tool that can be used to apply to solve those kinds of significant issues that we're going to have to deal with, that we are dealing with and that we're going to have to deal with. Mm. And my concern at the moment is that designers aren't involved at that high-level discussion in the world. There are a couple of examples, but there's very few examples where designers are actually engaged at the policy level, at the political level, at these kinds of levels in terms of impacting the way that we can respond to things in a designly kind of way. Mm. There's lots of other people and, and disciplines and thinkers in that space, but rarely is there a designer in that space. Mm. And that's where I think we need to shift towards so that we aren't just responding further down the line to oh, just solve this problem with mm. a design or a product or a, or a solution. Because by then, the, the brief, the criteria is set. And I think we need designers helping set some of those guidelines and trajectories mm. at that level. So I think that's how design is capable of tackling some of the issues is if we start to shift Little by little, it's not going to happen overnight, but mm. little by little towards 
I think getting involved at that systems level, thinking, responding to problems at a systems level, mm. and then being able to design for those solutions. Mm. You mentioned that there were some people, I guess, in that space. Are there any inspiring projects or initiatives, either locally or internationally, that you do think are creating that positive and social change? There really are very few that talk about systems thinking. Mm. There are a few others that, um, and I think there's a massive growth in the social innovation space, which is fantastic to see. But at the same time, combining, I think, the systems thinking stuff with social innovation together Mm. will be the most powerful kind of response. Mm. There's a company in Finland called Citra that are engaged at the systems thinking approach. So they're solving things like the first problem that this company was was uh, given was redesign the education system in Finland. <laughs> that year, Finland was ranked number one in education in the world. And their, their thing was, their, their problem was redesign the education system so that we stay number one. That's a real problem and a real issue that needs to be considered mm. as, from a design perspective. And so Citra work with not just designers, but all sorts of different disciplines and fields. So this cross-disciplinary, multidisciplinary aspect is really important as part of that. But there are designers within that that start to impact policy, impact changes at a level where when you have when your question is redesign the education system, a product is rarely a solution, mm-hmm. is rarely the only solution. There may be products within that, but there it's much more than that. So Citra is a good company. I think Citra is a good example of of engaging at that kind of level. I think there's a lot of social innovation companies and non-for-profit organizations. Design That Matters is one that comes to mind. Um, They do a whole lot of stuff around social innovation. Patagonia is a a good company that I always think is is, uh, a great example of something that has an economic benefit, but also they, they do social, you know, they're very socially aware of what they do, sustainable in terms of their practices and so on. And Project H is another, again, kind of not-for-profit organisation that are trying to bring design thinking into solving problems that are, you know, positively impact the world. Yeah, fantastic. Really interesting organisations there. I guess to finish off, are there any great design or social impact books that you could recommend for our listeners? There are a couple that I'll mention that I think are really good in terms of that social innovation and a couple that I think are just good for designers to read. Design for Sustainable Change is a, is a really good one. I think it has some really great examples around social innovation and designing the way that design is changing and impacting that kind of area and responding to those kind of problems. Uh, Design Revolution, which is from Emily Pillerton, which runs Project H and other people in that space. That's an interesting book. It's a little bit, it's probably a few years old now, and there's a whole lot of other books around that space, like Design for Sustainable Change and, and, and others that are more recent. But I found that was one of the first ones in terms of just trying to pick up on that change mm-hmm. in design. More, I think, fundamentally, one book that I see a lot of students just not reading, and I think it's a really important read, is Design for People, Henry Dreyfus. Uh, so that was written many, many years ago, I think in the 50s or 60s, but uh, in the 1950s or 60s. A really, just a really inspirational book around, as designers, what is it that makes us different from other kinds of disciplines? 
you know, where we are the champion for the user, the end user, and for people and society and culture. And, you know, those kinds of basic things are just really important because mm-hmm. that's, that's at the core of what we do as design. And the last one that I would recommend, I think, is a really, really good read. It's really accessible, but talks about, I think, engages systems thinking really well for design. And because there is no systems thinking for design at the moment, but this is a really good book, is Thinking in Systems, a Primer by Donella H. Meadows. It's just a really accessible book. It talks about systems and understanding systems. And I think it's almost the only book that I know that can form a bridge between systems thinking from other fields and the way we, the, the expertise from other areas, and what we do in design. And it's the only book that I know that kind of bridges those two things together in a really accessible way, I think. Oh, fantastic. I'll have to check some of them out. Um, Ref, thank you so much for your time today. Fantastic insights. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.